It is wonderful to welcome fellow Rotarian Russell Zimmerman to today's lunch. Russell was actually telling me outside that he wears his rotary pin to every single media interview that he does. And I have to say, from as, as a marketer and a passionate Rotarian, that is such a beautiful thing to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much for making my day just with that. Since 1980, Russell has owned and operated the Spark Shoes retail chain with his wife, Marion, specialising in children's footwear. And similar to another shoe retailer that we know quite well here in this club, Spark Shoes still operates today as a family business. Over several decades, Russell has held various positions within the retail industry, but most notably in 2009, he was appointed Executive Director of the Australian Retailers Association. And today, as Robert mentioned earlier, speaks to us about the changing face of retail, which I'm sure everyone will find incredibly fascinating. Thank you very much, Russell. Thank you very much for the very warm welcome. I might tell you that on the way over here today, I was talking to a friend of mine in Sydney who told me it was about to rain. And as I walked up from East Melbourne, walked into what at that stage was a completely cloudless sky. It's certainly a pleasure to be at the Rotary Club of Melbourne, a great privilege to be asked to be speaking here. Um, being naturally the original club in Australia, as well as being Australia's largest Rotary Club. So thank you very much for the invite. Before I talk about what the retail industry and the changing face of the retail industry, I might just give you a quick overview of what the IRA is. So the Australian Retailers Association is a member organisation. We represent reta the retail industry to, the media, to members, to media and to the government. We offer services to the industry, particularly our smaller independent retailers, things like employment law services, tenancy services, consumer law, banking and financial service, and we obviously have preferred suppliers. Amongst other things, we're a lobbyist, and, and I have a great pleasure in talking to various people within the government, um, at federal, state, and in some cases, local government, uh, and that particularly includes places like the Sydney, City of Sydney and the City of Melbourne. So, I guess the, the, the reason that changing face in retail is happening is because there are a load of issues that are affecting the industry. Things like employment law, education and training, the Modern Slavery Act. Now that's a very interesting one because Rotary's naturally been very involved in the Modern Slavery Act and if you've been re reading your Rotary down under you'll have seen some articles about the Modern Slavery Act. Growth of fraud in card not present transactions. Now that's a huge issue because um, at the moment we're seeing a huge increase in the amount of um, items that are being bought online. Dual network routing on debit cards, 457 visas, trading hours, um, I might come back to trading hours later, the Retail Lease Act, low value import threshold, that being when you can bring goods in from overseas under $1,000 and you were not at one stage charged any tax, gift cards amongst other things. Now there's just a, a snapshot of some of the things we do. So how does an, an association like the Australian Retailers operate? Well we've got a board of about 14 retailers, you must be a retailer to be a member. Um, some of our current board members, just to give you a flavour of who, of, of who our, our board members are, the Suzanne Group, Pandora, Jeans West, Ferguson Player, a big name down here in Melbourne, Battery World, Ishka and Bright Eyes. 
Currently, we've got 7,500 members from Australia's largest retailers to mum and dad retailers. We've got a diverse membership, obviously, so Woolworths, Meyer, David Jones, Australia Post, Specsavers, JB Hi-Fi, Coffee Club, Tiffany & Co, Cotton On, plus 7,500 small and medium retailers. Now, there's some interesting things happening in the retail industry. If I said to you Woolworths, you'd probably think of that great big supermarket chain that most of us will either go to either there or Coles to buy our groceries. But Woolworths is not just Woolworths here in Australia. Woolworths is also Woolworths in South Africa. And that naturally is David Jones, Country Road, Mimco, and the Steinhoff Group is part of it, is, is also part of um, another uh, South, South African retailer. Sorry, Woolworths South Africa, obviously from South Africa. Um, but then you've also got the Steinhoff Group, Pepcor, Group for, the Pepcor Group, Freedom, Fantastic Furniture, Snooze, Plush Bay, Leather Republic, Poco, Harris Scarf and Best and Less. So what's actually happened within the industry is we've seen a huge number of takeovers. You've only got to look um, within the last 12 or 18 months where we saw JB Hi-Fi take over the good guys. And so we're seeing a, an amalgamation of retailers and much bigger retailers coming out of it. What about the trading conditions in retail? Because, you know, there's a lot said about the trading conditions. So the figures came out on Monday from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and the year-on-year -year growth was 2.49%. Now, I want you to remember that figure because it's very important, 2.49%. The average growth um, for the last 12 months is just sitting on 2.49. So, in actual fact, the month of June was sitting right on average. The 50-year growth for the retail industry, so over the last 50 years, the average growth has been 3.80%. Not very high when you consider some of the things I'm going to talk about later. Department stores are trading at 0.35%, 0.35% year-on-year average growth. Clothing and footwear, around 2.35%. However, consider for a moment the people who are in newspapers and books. Now, I want to qualify this a little bit by saying I think the figure I'm going to give you is more around newspapers than it is around books, and I've got a reason for saying that. Trading in newspaper and books, according to the ABS, is at negative 6.54% year-on-year. Be pretty tough. Inflation is currently at 1.9% year-on-year, and then if the average growth in retail is 2.49%, or that really means that there is no growth in the retail industry, um, or if you like, there's a loss of 0.59%. Now, I haven't even taken into those figures the population growth. We've got a population growth, and when you consider that by the time you add inflation, look at what the current uh, trends are on the average retail turnover, um, we're not really doing terribly well. Lots of you will go through shopping centres like Chadston and various other shopping centres throughout uh, Melbourne, and you'll see a large bunch of retailers. Now, I don't know whether any of you realise how they, how they operate, but obviously they deal with landlords, and they are some very big, good landlords, don't get me wrong. But uh, currently, if you're dealing in, say, a Westfield Centre, you are looking at rents that are approximating CPI plus two or CPI plus two and a half. Or if you're in some of the other centres, they will just give you a 5% year-on-year um, increase. So, I'm going to propose to you that if the average rent is at, say, 4.5%, and the average retail growth is at 
2.49%, so we've got rents going at 4.5 and the average growth at 2.49, then a lot of those retailers in shopping centres are really going backwards by around negative 2.01%. That's without adding wage increases that happened in uh, June this year, then we're roughly 3.5%, or the increased energy costs, insurance, and all of those costs have got upward pressures on them at the moment. So retail is seeing lots of pressures, lots of difficulties, and it's still yet very, they're very optimistic traders. There's a company around called ShopperTrack, and they do a weekly index. And the last weekly index came out and said that the retail traffic out in the stores, and this is not online, out in stores, is running at negative 4.6 week on week. Over the current year thus far, to, to this last week in August, to the last week in August, year on year, the trade was 0.6% down. Population is growing across Australia, yet foot traffic in store is decreasing year on year. Currently, foot traffic in store is lower than in 2016. And I just want to talk about the industry and what we employ. So we, we're the largest private employer. We're only eclipsed by the health industry. And so 10% of the working population work in the retail industry. That equates to around 1.2 million people. Retail trade represents around 6% of all businesses across Australia. The current number of businesses according to the ABS, sorry, the current number of retail businesses according to the ABS sits at 130,387 individual businesses. Now, when I talk about individual business, I'll mention somebody who was very dear to this club, Witness Shoes, they might own um, 50 or 100 stores. That is one business. Meyer, one business. So, if you take the figure as it was four years ago, it was sitting at 140,000 individual retail businesses. That means that in the last four years, there's been a decrease of 9,613 individual retail businesses. Now, I'm going to say to you, however, there may actually be more retail, retail shop fronts out there. So, a decline in businesses, but I suspect, and I haven't got figures to back that up, I suspect there's more retail, businesses, retail shop fronts out there. And the reason I say that is because what I started off by saying is this conglomeration of retailers that are buying up other retailers and expanding. So we've had a whole lot of retailers come to Australia that, if you think back 10 years ago, weren't there. Retail staff um, in full-time employment, um, from 2017 to 2018, there was an increase of 45,400 retail employees. Now again, that sounds like quite an increase. However, there was a re reduction or a loss of 13,000 full-time positions from 2017 to the beginning of 2018. The increase in casual and part-time positions has gone up by 58,400 positions over the same period, which then gives you your total increase. So what we're seeing in the industry is less and less people being employed full-time and more and more people being employed on a part-time or casual basis. What about online retail? Well, it represents roughly 7% of the total retail trade and that equates to around $22 billion worth of sales. 
It is expected to grow between 12 and 15% of the retail turnover in the next five years. And the reason we say that is if you look at the US currently, we tend to lag behind the US by about five years. And if you look at the US, it's sitting at somewhere between 13 and 15% of their total retail turnover in the US. So what does online mean for the future of bricks and mortar? Well, I look at it fairly positively. Bricks and mortar is still 93% of all retail sales. And that's a better way of looking at it rather than looking at the 7% of online. I often get asked by journalists, do you think that we're seeing the death of bricks and mortar sales? Well, I don't, um, and I'm pretty positive about it because I believe that mothers and daughters like to shop, girlfriends like to go out and shop together. Um, I believe that bricks and mortar will be here for a long time. And if you look at young men, they are becoming far more fashionable con fashion conscious now, and even they like to go out and shop. So are retailers in the future going to require the same size stores as they've got now? Well, I'd venture to say to you they probably won't. I think you're going to see less stores and smaller stores, and there's a reason I say that. Now, someone's going to have to help me out here in a minute because it was noted earlier that I'm from Sydney, but if you look at um, Meyer and David Jones in Sydney, um, you've got Castle Hill, and I just noticed in Castle Hill they've reduced the Meyer store by one complete floor. They've just removed it and just compounded everything together. If any of you have been to Sydney and you've been to Barangaroo, you'll have seen the David Jones store there, and it's a mini department store of David Jones. Now, there is one in, in Melbourne, I think. Have I got this, the place correct here in Melbourne? But you've got, yeah, you've got a small David Jones, and I think that's typical of what you're going to see in the retail industry. Um, if you look at the, I, I think the Debman store is now open here in, um, in the corner of Collins Street, am I right on that? Or if it's not, it will be open, but um, it's again a small print department store. So what does this mean for landlords? Well, and I'm not an investment specialist, and I'm not advising on investment specialists, but I think I'd caution, I'm going to say caution, investing in shopping centres. I actually think that the big major retail shopping centres like Chadston, um, Fountain Gate, High Point, those very big centres you've got down here, I think there's a huge future for them. I think they'll grow and increase and you'll see more and more retailers and bigger and big expansions where they can do it. However, I'd venture to say to you that smaller mid-sized shopping centres, and I'm going to call out Airport, I think it's called Airport West down here in Melbourne, I think that it's probably got a limited life. And we're seeing that in Sydney. We're seeing a number of those shopping centres, um, I won't say they were called the death of it, but they're really struggling to try and um, uh, keep their relevance. I do believe that small neighbourhood shopping centres will thrive. Now, when I talk about small neighbourhood shopping centres, again, you see these high-rise developments that are happening uh, of units, and down the bottom they put some stores, and usually you've got a Woolworths and maybe a Delicatessence and things like that. I think they're going to, to survive and thrive. However, I think that um, if you're looking at that second tier or third tier shopping centre, what we used to call discount departments, um, centres, so they usually had a Kmart or a Big W and a, a bunch of small retail stores, I do have concerns for them. Online is definitely going to make an impact because consumers are going to be going to seeking to have a two to three hour delivery. So what does that mean for city congestion? And I'm not going to try, even try and answer that other than to say that I think you're going to see more Uber type deliveries. 
If you look at the retailer Q, any of you ladies who have dealt with Q, um, if you um, want to buy something from Q online, you can have it delivered to your home or your business within three hours if you're within a 30 kilometre radius of their store. There's lots of other retailers following that. Uber Eats and Deliveroo are growing in popularity. Now just think about this, and I did a bit of research on this. Have a think about this. Growth in prepared meals. These are the people that at the moment, and this is not all of them, if you decide tonight when you go home you don't feel like cooking dinner and you want to get a, a Deliveroo in or a Uber Eat, you can go to Marley Spoon, Light and Easy, Thrive, 5.4, Muscle Meals, Direct, Goodness Me in a Box, Hello Fresh, Fresh Meals to You, and another 20 other brands that I haven't mentioned. That is how we are seeing the change in retail. And if you see that in the food, you're going to guarantee you're going to see that change in other aspects of retail. So my question then is, well, does the small independent retailer still have a, have a place? And I believe they do, but I think they're going to have to look for a niche or a unique market offer. Do any of you ladies or have any of you ladies purchased from a company called Bird's Nest in Cooma? Oh, I see at least one. Well, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to challenge you all, male and female, tonight to go home and to do a Google search on Bird's Nest. But the reason I want you to do it is I want you to bear this in mind. It's based in Cooma, right? Not a, not a big town, not Melbourne, not Sydney, in Cooma. They've got over 100 staff at Bird's Nest. They're actually operating out of the old um, Hainan Company department store. It's got a very niche market. Now, why have they been able to do it? Because they've watched the market, they've seen it. In actual fact, the, really quickly, the background story was a young lady who married a farmer and she said, I ain't going to stay on the farm, and she bought a dress shop in Cooma. And she's turned that dress shop into a thriving business. She's buying directly from overseas, and I implore you, go home and have a look at it. And ladies, I actually implore you, or maybe you, you men who have got partners, you should buy something from it because you should see how they package the goods and get it delivered to your doorstep. It's an amazing experience. So having set the scene a little bit there, let's just quickly talk about what else is happening. There's been a whole bunch of new retailers entered Australia. Unigo, Costco, Muji, Aldi, I mentioned Bullworth, South Africa, and I mentioned Steinhoff, H&M, Williams, Simona, Pottery Barn, Zara, Amazon, and Alibaba. That's a quick list. There's still a bucket load that I haven't mentioned. These are all retailers coming in from overseas. Who else is coming? Alexander McQueen, Dulce & Gabbana, Gavinci, Chloe, Celine, Dunhill, Puccellini, and a whole bunch of others. So, has retail changed over the last 100 years? Well, I believe retail has and still is changing. The retailers that embrace change are those that will survive. Changing means embracing new methods and new technology and understanding your supply chain. Understanding omnichannel retailing, knowing your customer, being personalised. Artificial intelligence will be one of the most important aspects of retailing into the future. I just want to give you a really quick insight into how retail's changed overseas. Alibaba single day, 11th of November 2017. 100,000 motor cars sold on one day. Cherry automobiles sold 13,000 cars in one day. They were Maseratis, Range Rovers and BMWs. 
They offered BMW X5 SUV at a 9.8% discount. It was priced at 825,000 yarn, yarn, however it said, or $165,000 Australian. 40% of the cars purchased were on credit and 60% were paid in full. And the other thing I want you all to do is to go home and Google tonight car vending machines. If you think the retail industry has changed, go and Google car vending machines because it will give you the greatest surprise of your life. Thank you very much. I hope I've given you some insight into how the retail's changing.